0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. How many of you were here last Sunday? Raise your hand last Sunday, last Sunday. Last Sunday was wild, right? I mean, last Sunday was wild. Uh, If you weren't here last week, um, Don't watch the video online. It's awful because we had no lights, and I was preaching in the dark. Um, But it was was amazing. God showed up, and that's what I'm believing for right now. I'm believing for just moves of God. I'm just so not interested in just check-in and check-out church. It doesn't do anything for anybody. That's just religion, and religion is just a... Perverted truth of what God really has in store for you and for your life, and I'm just not—I—I I, I don't have time for that, man. Jesus is so close to coming back, and, and it matters. It matters what the body of Christ is doing in the earth right before he comes back. And I wanna see, listen, I'm praying for marriages that are broken to be healed. I'm praying for people with addictions to be restored. I'm praying with people that have emotional baggage from the past that they could leave it with Jesus and they could start a new day in him. I'm believing for miracles and signs and moves of God's power and strength. I'm just, I want something more than just people in America just checking in and checking out, because I'm like, Jesus did too much on the cross for us just to treat him that way. Can I get an amen from anybody? So you might not be on my level right now, that's okay. We'll get there, I'll bring you with me, but I'll tell you what, I'm on level like a thousand with Jesus lately. Man, I want his presence, I wanna be with him, I wanna be with him, And I want to bring you on this journey with me. I want to bring you on this journey of seeing God bring victory in your life, seeing God change your life from the inside out. Can I get an amen from anybody? Come on, let's let's welcome the Holy Spirit today. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We desperately need you. We cry out for you. Just like the children of Israel cried out that you would come and save them. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would come and rescue us. Rescue us from our apathy. Rescue us from our depression. Rescue us from the things that the enemy has beaten us down with. Rescue us, we ask Jesus. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with your glory. We worship you, Jesus, and we praise you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. It's going to be a good day. And look, I, now, now, look, I got, I got glasses now. So, so if you're sleeping, I'm going to call you out because I can actually see you. All right, go with me to the book of Acts. You got a Bible, pull out your Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a Bible on your phone, pull out your Bible on your phone. If you got something to take some notes, I want to encourage you to take some notes. Go with me to Acts chapter 16. I'm going to be reading out of a different translation than a lot of you have. So um, I know a lot of times people ask me, what translation are you reading out of? I, I read out of a lot of different translations. So, Just do your best to follow along. Otherwise, just look at the screen. Verse 16, story of Paul and Silas. And and we're doing this little series. I had this this point last week called Worship Like It Mattered. It was the last point in my message. And I just felt the Holy Spirit breathe on that. And I just felt like the Lord was like, that's where we're at right now. We, We need a season. We need a little series of understanding why worship matters. Because sometimes your life depends on it. Sometimes your future, sometimes your children, sometimes what God wants to do in your life depends on how you can worship and how you can surrender and how you can let go of some things and put your focus and your attention on Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So worship isn't just something that we do. I think like we just treat it like, man, we just come to church and we just walk in and we just, you know, the band's always on point. And sometimes I feel like worshiping, sometimes I don't feel like worshiping. Sometimes I come in with with some baggage. Sometimes I come in with my bad week, my bad month, my bad year. You know what I mean? And we, and we just kind of limp our way through worship. And I really believe that God's going, no, no, no. I don't want us to limp through worship anymore. I want us to understand the power of worship and why we worship. And that when you worship, it matters. And it matters to God. All right. Verse 16 says this. One day, as we were going uh, to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit. Now, listen, I don't talk about uh, demons and spirits a whole lot, but how many of you know, man, this is real? This is real. We live in, we, it, listen, if we believe in God and we believe in Jesus, then we also have to believe that the devil exists and there's a horde of demons and they all are trying to come against us, right? And so, so it said that she had the spirit of Python, meaning she was a fortune teller. She had earned great profits for her owner being a fortune teller, okay? Listen, can I just tell you, parents, make sure your kids understand never to mess with those kind of things. Make sure they don't ever mess with Ouija boards and, and, and the things of the occult. I mean, those things are real, and they will open up doors for the enemy to bring junk into their life. Make sure your kids understand don't touch those things. Amen? Okay, felt the Lord on that one. Verse 17, she kept following us, shouting, these men are servants of the great high God, and they're telling us how to be saved. Listen, darkness never wants to be by light, okay? Darkness never wants to be around the light of Jesus Christ. Day after day, she continued doing this until Paul, Paul, greatly annoyed, Anybody been greatly annoyed this week, okay? Greatly annoyed, turned and said to the evil spirit in her. I love this. We're seeing power and authority right here that you actually have. I know we look at the Bible and we're like, man, Paul had power and authority. Well, no, no. Jesus gave power and authority to the church. Who's the church? That's you, okay? So he gave you power and authority and he said to the evil spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her now, I love that he said, now, not next week, not a year from now. Now, at that very moment, the evil spirit came out of her. Listen, can I just say this? Can I remind you that there is great power in the name of Jesus, okay? When you speak the name of Jesus, evil spirits bow, the power of the enemy bows, sickness bows, addiction bows. Listen, look, we got to stop playing with this, you know, we, we think of, like, the name of Jesus, and we think of, like, a little girl, like, in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that's so cute. Stop playing with the name of Jesus, okay? Stop playing with the power of God. The power of God is mighty. His name is mighty. It is a name above all names. It is the authority over all things. And he's given you the name of Jesus to use his name. But you got to speak it with some authority. You got to speak it with some power. You got to speak to these things that have come up in your house and they're causing havoc and they're causing trouble in your kids and they're causing trouble in your marriage. You got to speak to some things sometimes like, get out of here, the spirit of the division. I'm not allowing this evil spirit in my house. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm speaking some things in the name of Jesus because because he's given me power to overcome in this life. gonna get an amen? I told you I'm not playing, guys. I'm like on a thousand oh, level, thousand, y'all. Man, like three fire emojis, breathing it. Verse 19. When her owners realized the potential of the making of the prophets had vanished, they seized Paul and Silas. Verse 22. A great crowd gathered. All the people joined to come against them. Anybody ever feel like this? Like the world's against you? Like, I mean, life's already hard enough. and It just feels like people gang up against you. They're, they're all on you. And the Roman officer ordered Paul and Silas to be stripped of their garments and to be beaten with rods uh, on their bare backs. Verse 22, after they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison. Can we make this clear? This isn't like, I mean, listen, prison's prison, and I'll promise you, I don't wanna go there, okay? That's like like on my list of things not to do in this life, okay? Uh, I mean, prison's prison, but this was like, this is like dungeon prison. I mean, this is like zero light prison. I mean, this is like chains and, and shackles and wet and cold and dark and no hope prison, okay? It says this. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Verse 25, I love this. Paul and Silas, undaunted, undaunted, undaunted. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just another day in these streets, okay? Say that. Say, it's just another day in these streets. Ice Cube used to say, it's just another day in South Central LA, okay? Listen, all right? And for all of our white people, what am I really saying? They didn't lose hope, okay? All right? (laughs) Notice that I didn't consider myself white, okay? All right? (laughs) I'm a mix, all right? I'm just being honest with you. Verse 25. Undaunted. They prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while the other prisoners were listening to their worship. Verse 26, suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once the prisoners' uh, doors flung open and the chains of the prisoners came Loose. Now, listen. There is so much to unpack, and you know, I, I I can't do it all. I actually had a whole message uh, put together this week, and then you know we had the. I, listen, y'all. We had such an issue. Our baptism broke this week. I had to go to Dayton and borrow one from our old church, Living Word Church. Can we give it up for Living Word Church or just being a blessing? So it was, like, it was like 9 o'clock last night, and I was praying, and then the Lord was like, I got a brand new message. And I was like, really, God? Because I already had a message, but he's like, no, I got something fresh. And, and, and we'll jump into that next week. So uh, we're going to jump in. All right, point number one today is why. Why? How many of you ever felt that way? Like, why? Why, God? Why we were doing the right thing? We were spreading the gospel. We were living for you. We were going to the house of prayer. We were just minding our own business. All of a sudden, this little girl comes around and messes up our life. Right? Why? Like, why, God? Like, God, I'm giving my best. I'm working hard. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to love my family. I'm trying to love my kids. Right? I think this way all the time. Like, why, God? Like, I'm, I'm working so hard to love everybody in our church. I'm trying to bring them to the victory. I'm trying to be a great leader. I'm trying to serve up great meals of the Word of God so you can find hope and life and joy. Why, God? Why do I feel like the enemy and the world is against me all the time? Can I get an amen from anybody? You know what I'm talking about? You're asking, why, God? Why does it feel like everybody's out to give me? Why does it feel like a straight beat down all the time? I remember a few years ago, I don't know, maybe a few years ago. It's a bad word, okay? Let's say a few many years ago, okay? I decided I was going to get in shape. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, You have a day, you look in the mirror, and you're like, yep, today's the day, okay? Today's the day the Lord has made. Today's the day to get in shape. And so I decided, like, I'm gonna get in shape, and I started going to the gym. And so for me, I always have to have a purpose behind why I'm doing it. So I thought, like, I'm gonna come back and school everybody in basketball. Like, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna be like MJ, coming back out of retirement, gonna put the work in, gonna put the time in. I'm gonna put up shots. Like, I mean, I worked at this for, like, Six months, I put a team together of dudes from my church, and I decided, like, man, we're gonna play at this Y League. Okay, and so I signed up for the Y League, and they're like, hey, just want to let you know there's like an A division, a B division, and a C division. They're like, we suggest that you are in the C division because of your age. I'm like, C division? What are y'all talking about? You can, what are you calling me? No, I've been in the gym, I've been working hard, I've been putting in the time. Put me in the A division, right? Put my we're gonna we're gonna Show the A division something, right? So I get to A division. I, I show up to the first game. I remember I had my J's on. I was all laced up. I was already sweating before the game. I was ready. I was ready for that game. It was a bad day, y'all. It's a bunch of 22-year-olds, and they were throwing oops. They were dunking on me. They were knocking me over and we lost by 52 points just a straight straight beat down and you think like why why did i do that why did i put all that work in for nothing see i think sometimes a lot of times with god we're like why god why can listen can i just be can i just be real is that all right can i be real for a second listen there's so many times where I, like, I feel like we're working so hard to love everybody in the church and to grow the church and to lead you to victory and to lead you to life. And yet, still people leave the church and I'll hear things on the back end like, man, pastors change. I'll be like, man, I'm just, I, I, I'm not changing I'm just trying to grow this church. I'm sorry I don't have the same time that I used to have for you and everybody else, but there's a lot of people in our church. There's a lot of people dying and going to hell. My focus is on that. Why do you need to come back and beat me up with some words behind my back and not even to my face? Ooh, it's getting real up in here, right? Sometimes I'm just like, why, God, why does the baptism have to break on Thursday, right? Like, why God do I got to preach in some darkness sometimes because all of a sudden there's some tech demons and the lights don't work, you know what I mean? Like, why God does a parking lot break? Why God? And I know that you all feel this way. I know you do. I know you think like, okay, God, I've put some extra effort into work. i put some extra effort in my home. i put some extra effort into my marriage, my friends. For all of you single people trying to find somebody, you're like trying to be, you know, good and trust the Lord and put him first, and you're putting this effort in. And all of a sudden, at the end of it all, you still feel overlooked. Can I get an amen? And you're like, why? Why, God? Like, what is going on? Why is life hard? Why does life not make sense? Why does it feel like I'm always just fighting an uphill battle? Why, God? And I don't know about you, but I know for me, when these things happen, for me, I don't want to just ask why. I want to figure out the why behind why did this happen. That's me. I, I, I got I to gotta study I gotta figure out why, I gotta talk to a zillion people because here's the deal, when, when these moments happen, when life comes down on me, when I'm doing the right thing and I'm trying my best and life still comes and I still get beat and I still get thrown into prison, those are the moments that I'm going, God, why? But really what I'm saying is this, God, I feel like I'm out of control. Like I feel like I've lost control. And I don't know about you, but I hate feeling like I've lost control. And when I feel like I've lost control, that's where I got to dive in and go, God, why? God, I got to figure this out. God, why did my marriage fail? Why did my dad get sick? Why didn't I get that job that I thought I was perfect for? Why, God, did my parents split up? Why didn't I get picked? Why did I get cut? Why did I get left behind? Am I hitting a nerve today? Hitting somewhere in your soul? We feel out of control. We wanna know the why. Let me tell you the why. John chapter 10 verse 10 says this, a thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But then Jesus said this, but I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect until you overflow I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. Can I tell you the why? Let me give you the why, okay? I'm gonna tell you the why. The why is this, because the devil hates you. He hates you. You know why he hates you? Because you represent the image of God. You were made in the image of God, and when God made you in his image, he made you to display his love and his goodness throughout the entire earth. You represent Jesus. You represent his face. You represent his glory. You represent his perfection. You represent all of him, and he hates looking at you, and he hates seeing you. This is why he is obsessed with killing babies. He's obsessed with it. He wants to kill as many babies as he possibly can. He wants to destroy life before it even starts. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. You're made with the the seal of God upon your life. God made you perfectly. He knew the exact reason why you were born at this very moment in time in history to make an impact in this life. You were made with purpose. You were made in the image of God. And he's obsessed with beating you down and making you feel insignificant. But here's the deal. Let me, me, I want to challenge you today to see life differently a little bit. Okay? Because here's what I know. I know that you come in here some Sundays and you are beaten down. You are worn out. You're carrying a heavy load. You're carrying some deep stuff in your soul. I, I, I truly understand that. But I want us to focus on the other part of that, of that verse where it said this, that Jesus said, I came to give you everything in abundance. I want some abundance. I want abundance to rain in my job. I want abundance to rain in my home. He said, I came to make sure that you overflow. Overflow with what? Overflow with joy. Overflow with peace. Overflow with his strength to overcome. We need to, we need to see some things. So here's point number one, the truth of this is this. Number one is this, let go of the why. Let go of the why. Listen, if you can't let go of, of why, and I understand this is really tough. It is not easy to let go of why. Like, I want to investigate why that person said that to me. I want to investigate why that person left. I want to investigate why that person, you know, left me in a lurch. I want to investigate God, why? Why did the baptism break on Thursday right before baptism? I want to investigate and I want to find out. And there's just sometimes that God goes, just let go of the why. Because if you can't let go of the why, you'll never be able to grab onto Jesus because you're holding on to the why and you're holding on to the past. you're holding on to dead things and you're holding on to things that you'll never find the answer to. It's in the past. And I promise you something Jesus is not in the past. He's in the future. He's in your future. You got to let go of the why sometimes. I have to let go of the why because if I don't let go of the why, I will be convinced that Jesus allowed this, that Jesus did this, that Jesus made this happen to me. And that's just the opposite of what we just read. What did we just read? We just read the enemy has one purpose in mind, to steal Kill and destroy your life. That's the why things, bad things happen. You want to know why bad things happen in this world? Because we live in a fallen world that the enemy is the prince of this world that we live in. We're fighting the prince of this earth. But here's the deal. Jesus said, I came to what? Give you victory in this life. So let go of the why. Stop trying to figure it all out. Stop trying to figure out why something happened and go, God, I'm going to change, because this is the second thing. I'm going to change my focus. I'm going to change my perspective. Meaning what? I'm going to change my attitude, right? Look at your neighbor and say, stop playing games with the devil, okay? Just say, stop playing games with the devil, okay? Look, do you remember when you were growing up and your dad was like, I'm putting my foot down. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be like, the foot is coming down, right? You know what I mean? Like, when dad said the foot was coming down, you knew that he wasn't playing anymore. Listen, we play so many games with the devil like this. Like, why? We play the why game with the devil. The devil loves getting us spun up, trying to understand why things happen, why things didn't happen. He loves trying to get us spun up on things like, I can't believe that person said that. How many times have you had your blood pressure up? How many times have you been in knots? How many times have you been frustrated by something that somebody said to you that was cross? Playing games with the devil. Stop playing games with him. Stop letting him control your emotions. Stop letting him control your focus. Your focus should be, no, Jesus is for me. So when the baptism broke on Thursday, I had to make sure that I kept my attitude in check. I had to make sure I kept my spirit in check. I had to make sure that I kept my focus in check. God, I thank you that you're for me. You're not against me. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend, but I know you know what we're going to do this weekend. I know that you got a plan, that you you got a solution. You got a way where there is no way. And so my focus is going to be on you, the one who wants to bring me into life and victory in you. Right? I got to keep my focus. I can't go, why did the baptism break? I gotta go, God, what is your answer? Where is your provision? What is the understanding that I need right now? What do you need me to lead me to do? I, I just, I, the other night, it was, it was like nine o'clock at night and the Holy Spirit just said, hey, call up Joel. Man, I haven't talked to Pastor Joel in like four years. I sent one text, like, hey, Joel, I'm in a, I'm in a bind. I need a baptism. Text me back, we got you, man. Man, God knows the answer. God knows what you need. And God knows how to lead you to victory. He knows how to bring his blessing to you. Point number two today is this. Prison. Prison. So they get beaten down. And then what happens? They get thrown into a prison. And and I don't know about you, but I feel always like it is my personal responsibility to come up with a plan when I feel like I get locked up in a personal prison, that I get locked up by the devil sometimes, right? I'm just gonna be honest, sometimes life just beats me down. There, there's just some days, like Jess always, always has and always knows these days that like, I like I'll wake up and I'll just feel like I'm in just this Prison because the enemy has beaten me up and he's beaten me up emotionally. He's beaten me up mentally. He's beaten me up with some fires that I'm constantly putting out all the time. And, and I'll wake up and I'll put on a hoodie and I'll just throw up my hood. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, like I want to block out the world. I want to block out the sun. I want to block out life. Right. And at that moment, I feel like I'm in just this little prison with the enemy, and he's got my number and he's speaking to me. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, so many times in those moments, I feel like it's my personal responsibility to come up with a plan, how am I gonna get out of here? How am I gonna get out of this situation? How am I gonna get out of this mess? What can I do? It's always, isn't it amazing how the enemy will always bring the focus back on you and what you're able to do and what you're capable to do? And so I gotta come up with a system. I gotta come up with a way out. I gotta come up with a way to get out of this prison that the enemy has put me in. And you can feel like the world is against you. You feel like the world's crashing down on you. And you can feel like there's just no way out. How many of you ever felt like the world's against you? How many of you have ever felt like somebody's words put you into a a prison that you felt like you couldn't get out? I'll never forget one day And I love this person, and we've reconciled, and things are good, and everything's good now. And I'm just thankful for God, the God who restores and heals. Because sometimes we have broken relationships. And I'll never forget, I I had this conversation with uh, a senior pastor that I was working for. And um, I was just kinda like opening up about some dreams that I felt like the Lord had put into my heart about my future. And how many you know that's really hard in itself sometimes to just share something that's like intimate, share something that the Lord is speaking to you. And so I was opening up my heart and just saying like, hey, this is where I see myself. This is where I see God taking me. And, and I said, you know, I just believe that someday I'm going to have a church and that God wants me to be a senior pastor. And and, and I believe that that's, that's the path that God has for me. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and said, he said, PJ, that's not a good, that's not a good decision. You're never going to be a senior pastor. That was the words. You will never be a senior pastor. And right at that moment, it felt like the enemy was just beating me over the head. Just reminding me of all of my flaws, reminding me of everything that I wasn't able to do, everything that I couldn't do. And right away, I felt like I was just thrown into a prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I know for me, my personal response in those moments is, okay, bet, bet. You know what I'm talking about when I say bet? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. When I say bet, I'm like, you better put a stack on this and you better watch me because you're going to see me do some things that you didn't think you I could do. Just bet, bet on me. Put, put some chips on me because I'll show you what I'm able to do, Right? And so you put the responsibility for victory on you, in your gifts, in your ability, and your strength and your talent, and what can I do to get out of this prison that the enemy has put me in? It's all on me, and I'll show the world. The world could be against me. I'll show the world who I am. I'll show the world what I'm capable of doing. I'll show the world how I can grind and how I can do this thing. And we feel like, man, this is my responsibility. I love the Lord showed me this. It was so good. It's just so good. Worship team, you guys can come up. Paul and Silas understood, okay? They understood it wasn't their responsibility to get out of prison. Did you get that? I I want you to get this. Paul and Silas understood It wasn't their responsibility, it wasn't their job, it wasn't gonna be in their power, it wasn't gonna be in their strength, it wasn't gonna be because of them that they were gonna get out of prison. They understood what their responsibility was at that very moment. Their responsibility was to worship the one who had a plan. Oh Man, I should've got amen on that. Come on, I should have got an amen. I said, I should have got an amen on that. They understood what their responsibility was. Their responsibility wasn't to try to come up with a plan, wasn't to make things happen in their own strength, wasn't to do it on their own. Their responsibility was to partner with the God of the universe that knows them and loves them and had a plan already in store for them. They knew they had to worship the God who had a way where there is no way out. When you look at life and you go, there's no way to overcome this and God goes, no, 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 there is a way. I've got a plan. I've got a solution. I've got a way. They worshiped the one who had an answer before the beginning of time. See, before the beginning of time, God knew that they were going to be in that prison. God already came up with a plan to rescue them. God already knew the answer before they even got into the moment. God knows exactly what you're facing before you even face it sometimes. They knew their responsibility. Their responsibility was to worship the God of the impossible. Can can I Man, can I just say this? I'm so tired of us just forcing God into our small-minded thinking. I'm tired of forcing God into these little tiny boxes and going, "God, you only work like this when we see you work like this." Listen, God is infinite. God created the universe. God created every molecule in your body. He knows you intimately. He knows your future. He knows your past. He knows where he's taking you. God's got a plan. The problem is this. We don't know how to worship the God of the universe and put our faith in. Listen, listen, listen. I I need you to understand this. How you worship, I said this last week, how you worship reveals, reveals who your trust is in. Because here's the deal. If I was in desperate need of help, and I knew, I knew that Will could help me. Man, I wouldn't come to Will and be like, well Will? Been a minute. I know we haven't talked in a while. Not really interested in talking to you, but I guess I need some help. I guess I need you to bail me out of this situation. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you got some time. I don't know. Maybe I, I'll just be over here. Right? That's not how I would respond to Will. How I would respond to Will would be like, man, Will, I love you. I'm so glad that you got me. I'm so glad that you're my bro. I'm so glad that you got my back. I'm so glad that you're with me. I'm so happy that you're in this moment with me. I'm so glad that you're giving me strength right now. I'm so glad that you got me and you're gonna help me. And Will, I love you and I'm with you. Please come with me, please come and help me. See what I mean? How we worship reveals what we believe in, what we trust in. And we come into the house of God, and I understand that we're beaten down, and I understand that the enemy has been working on us, and he's been working on our kids, and he's been working on your marriage. I understand it. I understand that sometimes, like, you're in the car on Sunday mornings, and all hell is breaking loose before you get here, and then you're trying to pull your little family together and put on the right smile and the right face right before you walk in. I understand that. But can I, can I challenge you? You gotta change the way you worship because how you worship matters. Because listen, Paul and Silas understood it wasn't their responsibility to make a way, it was their responsibility to worship the God who could make a way. Let me read you a couple of verses and then we're gonna worship. Like it matters, because it does matter. And I understand that a lot of you, listen, can I say this? A lot of you didn't grow up in worship cultures. It's all good. Be free today. Be free. Nobody, nobody's here. Nobody from your past church is here judging you today like, oh, I saw you put up your hands and, and there's a demerit against you, okay? Be free. Be free from the past. Listen, nobody here is going to judge you. Nobody here is going to look down upon. Nobody's going to be like, man, Danny raised his hands in church today. We're going to be like, thank God Danny raised his hands in church today. He needs to surrender to Jesus. Let the past be the past. Let me read you this verse. Matthew 19, verse 26. But Jesus looked up and said, with man, this is impossible. But he said this, but with God, but with God, But with God, all things are possible. We gotta change the way we see life. We gotta change the way we worship. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 says this, never doubt God's mighty power. The word saying, don't put God in a box. Don't limit his power. Don't limit his strength. Don't limit him to be able to restore and renew. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests. Your most unbelievable dream exceed your wildest imaginations. This is the God that we serve. The God who wants to bring you into victory in life, in your everyday life. Isaiah 43, I want you to stand up now. I want you to stand up. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. It says, but forget all of that. What is he saying? Forget the past. Forget trying to figure out why. Forget, forget that beat down. Refocus your attention. Refocus your heart. Refocus your mind. He says, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm about to do. So he's telling you, listen, in your future, I'm setting you up for success. In your future, I'm setting you up to be blessed. In your future, I'm setting up your family. I'm setting up your job. I'm setting up your future. I'm setting up your children. I'm setting things up in your future that you could even dream, hope, and imagine. i got things set up in your future. i got a plan for your life. Verse 19, for I'm about to do something new. Listen, that's what I'm praying for. I'm believing that God's going to do something new in this church. I'm believing that we're going to see miracles. Or we're going to see signs. We're going to see great moves of God's grace and His power. It says this, see, I've already begun. Do you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and dry wastelands. If what? We'll worship like it matters. We were having a family dinner a couple weeks ago. And um, we were just talking about just God. And can I just encourage you, like, make God the, the center of your home talk to your kids talk to them about God's presence we were just talking about just trusting God and and Michael said I had totally forgotten about this moment this happened like six years ago and Michael said one of my favorite nights we've ever had as a family was this night where we just we we just worshipped as a family in our house And, and can I just say like Just strip away the awkwardness. Listen, if if you're not awkward, your kids won't be awkward, okay? If if you don't think it's awkward, your kids will just run with it too. And we were in the season, man, like at that time, like the church was like, it was struggling and it was hard. And and we were, we felt beat beaten down and we felt like we had no hope and we felt like we weren't progressing and we felt like we were going to fail. We felt like we were in prison. And I remember we just as a family, you know, I remember Matt and Pastor Matt was there and and Pastor Levi at the time he was there and we we just turned on worship music and we just worshiped Jesus and it didn't make sense at that moment. And it didn't it didn't feel like what we wanted to do it didn't we didn't have any victories at that time we didn't have any moments to celebrate but we just celebrated jesus and we just celebrated that he knew our future and that he had us and that we were going to do great things for him we celebrated days like today these days of victory before we ever even had victory can i get an amen from anybody I want to challenge, like worship, worship in your home, worship in your car, worship like it matters. It'll bring the presence of God and his miracle working power. Amen. Come on. I want to pray for everybody today. Lord, I just release a blessing upon your people today, right now. I release encouragement, encouragement from the Father. That he loves you. He knows those things that people have spoken over you. He knows those disappointments. He knows those moments you've been beaten down. But He says, Son, daughter, I got you. I got you. I got your future. He knows you. He knows it. God. I bless their families. I bless their children. Father, fill them. Fill their homes, Lord, as they worship in their home, as they worship in their car, as they worship in the closet at work, and nobody sees them. I pray, God, you'd fill them with your grace and your strength and your might. We declare in the name of Jesus a season of victory for the people of Elevate Church. We declare that we're going to see miracles. We declare that we're going to see signs. We declare that we're going to see wonders. We declare that we're going to see a move of the power of God like we've never seen in this city. We declare that people are going to come to Elevate Church because they heard that the power of God is there. They heard that the presence of God is there. They heard that the healing power of Jesus Jesus is there. they heard that victory lies here because Jesus is there. we declare that the best days are ahead of us in the name of Jesus we declare that our families are blessed we declare that our marriage is blessed we declare that our finances are blessed we declare that we are blessed to be a blessing Jesus we worship you We trust you, we love you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, can we give a great shout of victory to Jesus today?